Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Hello, hello, everybody. It's been a while. This is Derek from Backpacking and Blisters. Good to have you back on the listening channel. I'm here with the only man I've ever known to take the frame of his own backpack and make a sled out of it to sled down a mountain. Carl, how you doing, buddy? That actually sounds like a good time. I might be up for it. Really does. It really does. Awesome. And with me is Derek Somerville, a man who sees wild turkeys in the outdoors. <laughs> And thinks they're simply peacocks who've let themselves go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I needed a good laugh today. That was great. Wow. Thanks, man. I don't know where you're going with that, but I like it. Yeah. Hey, man, it's, um, been, it's good to catch up with you. It's been about a month since our backpacking trip. And I know. I know. Yeah, lots happened. So I'm excited to get back into uh, season two coming up here sure. soon and uh get back in the flow but yeah. today here we are and uh we have a good episode i'm excited we 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 did an interview this episode we did we'll get we'll get to that in a moment though remember we gotta do tidbits yeah. i know it's been a while but we got oh and, and yeah well we gotta do your tidbits of course gotta do tidbits i got a couple of interesting ones well i think they're interesting you can be the judge be, i suppose yeah. I'll but judge you yeah, we have, we have, so there's a listener out there who, well, there's like an adult, like a dad who listens and then like his kid listens. And he thought mm. that we should be, we should call ourselves, like our whole group should call ourselves the Pac-Man. Like instead of Pac, like a play on Pac-Man. Yeah. And then yeah. like, I feel like that's, I feel like you don't think anybody's done that yet. I don't know, but my kids thought it was funny and they thought that there'd be some way we could like put some, like, I don't know, breadcrumbs on the trail and just like eat them as we go. Mm. But I thought like it, was, it, was our, like, it was like a, I don't know, it was like a six or seven year old kid, and I thought that was pretty creative. Huh? huh. Little okay. Pun. I mean, I can give him props for that. A Definitely play, creative. A play on I, Pac-Man. I'm wondering if like, is there a way to leave like a biodegradable Pac-Man sign everywhere we go somewhere, so people like the Pac-Man are here. They've been here. <laughs> um, I think, dude. I think honestly, we don't need to leave any signs. I think people know when we've been there. We make enough noise and ruckus. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That alone That's reverberates true. through the, the valleys of various mountain ranges. But anyway, so I thought that was kind of creative. Uh, another one. I like it. Yeah, another one. This is kind of a random one. We had I, we got this new comment on our July is Here backpacking mm. movie, and it was mm. from a guy who's an author, and we actually mm. talked about one of his books on an early episode last season. So We did. Yeah. Can mm. I kind of, like, he doesn't listen to our podcast, I don't think, or maybe he does now because I mentioned That's it. Sad. 
but his yeah. name's Eric Blem. I think it's how you pronounce the last name. And he was the one that wrote uh, the last season, the ranger that got um, lost right. in Sequoia National Park. Right. So, yeah. So yeah, he just kind of like randomly was like, "Hey, I liked your video," and he's I think he's doing some stuff or I don't know, he's doing some research. But anyway, he came across the video mm-hmm. and we went back and forth on email for a while. Seems like a nice guy. So I just thought I'd give him a shout out in case anybody hadn't read his book. Mm-hmm. It's a good. It's kind of a sad, but it's a good backpacking book. Right. So. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's good. There you got a tidbit you got for us? Those are well, those are I, powerful. Well, here's a question for you. I think like we did an episode on the trail, which I think was pretty cool. And right. I thought it'd be cool, like in season two, to do an episode on like a reflection of a trip and just kind of things we learn and takeaways. And because, you know, that's the great thing about backpacking is like, there, it seems like there's always something you can pull from a trip, some new wisdom. Mm. And so, and sometimes you relearn things you've already learned. So what do you think about that? Yeah, I think especially after some time has passed, it's always you know, it's good to get a kind of a perspective on how, how the trip, sometimes you don't really realize like I'll go on the trip and then I don't feel the impact of that trip until a couple months later. Right. On you know, just in a lot of ways. And so I think it's good to kind of take time and reflect and then see how, like, how's that, how's that affected me? Like how has anything changed or not changed uh, or whatever? So yeah, I'm, I'm up for that, dude. I think that'd be a good idea. And we also had some interesting moments, like one in particular that happened the day after we recorded our podcast, which relates to some things we've talked about, specifically mm. with um, rangers. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But I do want to give uh, you—I want to give you a positive shout out, by the way, from the trip. I, I don't think I've done this yet. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, on the trip, so you know, we had it was like four days, three nights. Every night, right? I got woken up for a significant amount of time by somebody that was in our group and it was a different person each night and it was for mm. a different reason each night. One of them was like, somebody thought that was, there was a bear and I remember that it was like, Carl, sick him. Go, go after him, Carl. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and then we had some sleepwalking going on <laughs> with the headlamp oh. on and that was kind of funny, but that was interesting. Yeah, you were in my tent the we'll whole talk, time. We'll talk more about that. You were in my yeah. tent the whole time, and you were not a culprit for any of the nights. So thank you for that. <laughs> well, I I felt validated because we had that one night where there was some. You know, we're in this national park. I don't think there's dogs allowed where we were. Oh and, yeah. And it just yeah. we hear these dogs. They were dogs. They weren't like you know wolves or coyotes or something like that. No, no, no the legit dog. You're right. Legit dog being angrily loud um clearly like trying to keeping something away from their own camp blah 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 blah, going haywire and i'm like this is so loud and you and i were the only ones that heard it i know i woke up the next day and i was like hey did you guys hear the dog and i asked like a bunch of different guys before i got to you and everybody like no what are you talking about i'm like did did i dream that i thought i was a hard sleeper no way like apparently everybody else is like how do you sleep through that yeah it was loud dogs and i don't know and i thought that i dreamt it because yeah you're right dogs aren't allowed at least not in Yosemite. Piercing. I mean, it was piercing. Yeah. So maybe we're just maybe we're just the camp safety without. I just realized, maybe. you know, maybe we're the alert ones we're, and we're the uh, security. Right. But I th- I, I stayed I up after that because I thought, oh man, if the dogs are, are trying to scare something away, whatever that is, is coming our direction, right? We should have talked because I was up for a while too. We should have talked. Right. Well, next time. Debrief. Next time there's dogs yeah. in the backcountry. I'm proud of you. Okay. So anyway, nice a lot of tidbits there. Sorry. A lot of tidbits. A lot of tidbits, but... Episode's um, over. Okay. Yeah, so this this episode's about the future of ultralight backpacking. And like you said, mm. we got an interview with a gentleman mm-hmm. named Tayson Whitaker. 
And right. he, I, th- I feel like he sort of like represents the future of ultralight backpacking. He's got some interesting thoughts about that. I like this positivity, positive, exciting guy. And, uh, I think we'll enjoy what he had. Hopefully the, you guys will enjoy what he had to say. Um, I had a good time interviewing him. I thought he was a good guy. I, I wouldn't mind having him back at some point. I'm not sure for sure. Yeah. When, he's a but, guy. Um, that'd be great. Yeah. He's, he's, he's from outdoor vitals and he, mm-hmm. yeah, he has definitely more gear knowledge than we do. And I think that that'll come out in the interview as well. <laughs> so <laughs> we're like, what? Yeah. Right. No, he knew his stuff. That was good. Right. All right. Let's play it. Let's do it. So here we are with Taysom from Outdoor Vitals. How's it going, man? It's going well. Going very well. Happy to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming on with us. Appreciate it. Yeah, awesome job. And and before we do anything question-wise, before you even tell us about yourself, I feel like you need to answer a serious question. Um, (laughs) I I need to know who your favorite Lord of the Rings character is, if possible. Is that something that you... I would change the question, Derek. Yeah. I would say... You like, want to go You want to go Star Wars? No, I would say, I would say like, do? which Lord of the Rings character do you most identify with? Okay, that's fair. And why? That's fair. I, I mean, first first comes to my mind is, is, is Sam, I would say. He's like the, okay. you know, never gets the glory, the hard worker, the, the loyal guy. <laughs> and I think that's the first that came to my mind, but... I think everyone wants to, you know, be the wizard. So <laughs> there's that. But. Who doesn't? <laughs> Who doesn't want to be Gandalf? Uh, wow. So, so you're rad. okay. So you're the hard worker that doesn't get the glory. That's kind of the story of Derek's life. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I can empathize with that. Yeah, that's good. So are you like? I guess you know, Lord of the Rings is kind of like the epic backpacking trip when you have like bad guys chasing you. Are you um, like on the trail, just the hard worker grinding away, whether it's getting up the mountain? Um, carrying extra stuff if need be is that kind of how that might relate like no you know i don't stop for you know different meals like sam did but uh (laughs) i i uh i feel like i probably relate to him the most because like i'm just not like naturally gifted athletic if that makes sense so i just took my employees on a on a hike in the uintas here in utah to king's peak it's the highest peak in utah and Mm. i've been like working way hard through the spring i've been dropping weight getting nice. more and more in shape and i get there and like i got two employees that just weigh next to nothing and they're just like running up these hills <laughs> and i'm just like gosh dang it you know wow. <laughs> there's no way i can do that like even if i was in the best shape of my life yeah so, just frustrating. Maybe, maybe that's just like i have to stick with it mentally and i'll and i'll always get there and i'll always i mean i'm not saying like i'm in bad shape or anything it's just Nothing. I feel like nothing ever came like supernatural to me, so I always have to just work extra hard. So right. Well, I think that y- you and Derek have a lot to connect with. <laughs> my, I can empathize with the the jealousy of watching other people run up mountains. And, uh, yeah. I, I still remember my death march trip. I'm like literally trying to get another foot in front of the other, and and Carl and and another buddy Rocky are like, let's race to the top of the mountain, and they're just just. just r- I'm like, how are you doing this? It was so annoying. That's that. Well, I appreciate your humility and honest with that because i think a lot of people can definitely connect to that and we've all had times when somebody's going fast and you know it's like end of the day and you're exhausted you're like what are you doing do you have like coffee or something but yeah okay (laughs) yeah one of my my employees that was kind of hiking at my pace a little bit more he had the bright idea to just start sticking a few rocks in in my other employees backpacks so 
That was that was a good. That's method to what I'm talking about. <laughs> wow. So we kind of just let in a little bit with kind of a curveball question. Appreciate you playing along with us on that one. But just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself as it relates to backpacking and just kind of any history or, yeah, just kind of who you are as as a backpacker, I suppose. Yeah. So I grew up in a very small town here in southern Utah. So I was the the big city in my area, and we had like 7,000 people. Yes. Um, so I, I just grew up in that scenario and just lived outside, like didn't watch much TV, didn't really play video games, just, you know, after school, whatever it was, I was always outside on weekends. You know, my family was always out camping and, and doing different things and then was involved with, with Boy Scouts. And that was, that was probably the most of where my backpacking came from, um, at a younger age was, was just with the Boy Scouts okay. and whatnot. Um, but yeah, as I got older, I, I just got more and more interested in, in getting farther into the backcountry, getting more away from crowds and, and things like that. And so I started to get into, you know, real backpacking and getting lighter and, and then getting into ultralight style backpacking. Um, but yeah, for, for me, it's a little bit different probably than, than a lot of the listeners because, um, you know, within five minutes I can get to a trailhead and within 30 minutes I can get to an 11,000 foot trailhead and, and be hiking. So just a lot of opportunity wow. for us to nice. to get out and, and be hiking, whether it's just a day hike or whether it's, you know, multi-day hikes. So, right nice. on, man. Sounds so good. What, when you say like a trailhead within five minutes, what, what wilderness area are you next to then? So we just have a lot of like uh, national forest and public land here. So like five minutes is like okay. just BLM land, which is state-owned land here. But we don't really have a wild. We don't have many wilderness areas in Utah. It's mainly just all public land. I'm trying to think of how far. I think I'm like 30 minutes from like a legit, yeah, backpacking trailhead. And I thought that was good, but dang, five minutes. Yeah, it's ready True. to go. True. Sounds like you definitely have a lot of experience, kind of growing up outside, and um, and yeah, just kind of you started right away, like much earlier than both of us did, which is great. So like what, what specific trail experience stands out to you for one reason or another as just kind of just, I don't know, it just stands out as like, this is a memory that you just won't forget, whether it's like a crazy experience, something ridiculous that happened on the trail, something that shaped you, something that shaped somebody else. I don't know. Just what comes to mind? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've, I mean, I think of quite a few, but one that I thought of, um, right off the bat was, was actually an instance in, in Boy Scouts, I, uh, we were out on this camping trip and I just, I never had like great gear. So <laughs> I felt like I, I would like dread the night. I'd be like, Oh, this is the best during the day. And then like night would start coming. And I'd be like, Oh, not, not this again. You know, I gotta wait. I gotta survive till morning. And, and back then I just didn't have very much knowledge. So, uh, I, I had a sleeping bag, just a synthetic sleeping bag, uh, that my parents had had given me and it was like, you know, a 30 degree sleeping bag, synthetic sleeping bag. So in my mind, it's like, oh yeah, it should be warm to 30 degrees. Right. Uh, it was a mummy bag. So that meant it was warmer and, and different right. things. And anyway, so we're out there and the temperature starts dropping and it's getting colder. And so it starts to get real cold. I go in the tent, pull out my gear. And I realize like, I don't have a sleeping pad at all. Just, just my, you know, 30 degree synthetic, <laughs> right. uh, mummy sleeping bag and you know i didn't understand a whole lot at that point either about like you know what a pad provides not just comfort but but warmth right and so i'm like ah, you know whatever so climb into the bag for the night and i'm just like freezing you know so i'm I'm like putting putting on all the layers i can and i'm just 
I am freezing and I can't figure out why I'm so cold. I'm like, it was a warm day. Like it shouldn't be this cold. Just froze all night. Like couldn't, <laughs> couldn't believe how cold I was. Felt like I didn't sleep at all, but like couldn't get out of my bag. So I felt like I was going to freeze to death, you know, but in the bag Whoa. wasn't any better. And so I remember in the morning, I'm like, okay, I, I really, really got to go to the bathroom, but I do not want to get out of this bag. And so I'm like, that's the worst. That happens like right, for me. Right. So I, you know, I, I'm like, okay, if I just go super fast and I'm like, I won't even put on my shoes and then I'll get back in the bag and hopefully I'll like survive, you know, I'm like, and I'm still in my mind. I'm like, I don't know why it is so cold. So I, uh, unzip the bag, hurry, run, unzip the tent, jump out of the tent with both feet. And I'm just standing in a foot of snow. <laughs> no. Oh. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> no wonder I froze to death no wonder. all night. You know, like it was that cold. And uh, oh, gosh. that's just something Dang. that stuck with me for a long time. Like just how miserable that night was. That's a serious trip. Yeah, that really that really shaped me and is probably one of the main reasons that the first product we ever launched was a sleeping bag. So you're, you're a baller, man. I'll give you that. That is either <laughs> really genius or really dumb. And I appreciate both sides of that. Wait, 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 I got it. Wait. So did you forget the pad or I, you didn't know to bring one? Cause you're young at that point. I forgot a pad, but I didn't okay. think it was a big deal. You know, right. it's like, gotcha. ah, so it's a little hard on the ground. Not a big deal. You know, I didn't think anything about the warmth of a pad. No, I, it took, it took me years before I realized I needed a pad because I, yeah, I always wanted to go as lightweight as possible, so I thought that was an easy area to skimp. But I've literally put it like, you know, having the tent bottom be the only layer between me and my sleeping bag before. And yeah, for sure, you're just, you're just not sleeping during the night. So I really wanted you to just say like, no, I didn't want a pad. Like, forget that. Like, it's not oh, that's so cool. Though. I think your story actually like does a really good job tying into our next question. Um, so you, mm. you're obviously mm. like in love with backpacking enough where you've sort of made a career out of it and work for a company that, as you said, is like interested in kind of the, the future of backpacking and going ultralight. So we've seen a lot of different ideas and, and gear that keeps on coming out, but what, like in your professional opinion, what is the future of outdoor, outdoor gear as it pertains to going ultralight? Yeah, that's, that's like a deep question. I mean, you guys thought about this. Um, <laughs> so I, I see the future of, of ultralight, you know, that aspect of just getting lighter and lighter weight. Um, I kind of see it in, in two ways. First, like, I think, I think everyone has that feeling of like, man, it's going to get to a point where we can't go lighter. And, right. And I think that that's, that, I don't know if that's totally true, but it's going to get to a point when even the people that used to count ounces and pounds are going to start counting grams. You know, everyone's going to become a gram weenie and that's like the extent. But really for me, what I think about it is like, what's the purpose of ultralight? And it is all about comfort. So, so like, like for me, it's, you know, it's more comfort when I'm hiking. Like I don't have this big, heavy pack hurting my back. It's slowing me down. Maybe I'm Mm -hmm. more likely to, to twist an ankle, different things. And so it's more comfortable when I'm packing. Um, and then also when I, when I get to camp, hopefully it's just as comfortable, um, as if I would have packed everything in the kitchen sink. Um, so to me, it's, it's kind of boils down to comfort. So I think it's going to get to a point when people are just really weighing the pros and cons of, of comfort versus a little bit of weight. Um, but I think, I think globally, you know, just with all goods, they're all going to get lighter. Even people that aren't maybe ultra light, it's all going to get a little bit lighter. 
Um, but the guys that are, you know, extremists and stuff like that, I think we're going to see a lot more use of, of Dyneema materials um, and just more innovation there. But yeah, I think it's going to get to a point where we're counting grams and people are going to start to realize okay. like, hey, I can spend another like $200 for this. You know, I've got a, I've got a $600 tent. I could spend another $200 to get an $800 tent and save 15 grams. Or it's like, maybe right. I could, you know, shave a little bit of weight off myself, or maybe I could just, you know, so I think, I think there's a point when, um, there's kind of diminishing returns on how much money you spend to how much you're getting in return. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, yeah. I think the future of it is, I think at some point people are going to realize like, Hey, the weight isn't all that's important here. It's also the comfort. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to make up a way to judge the comfort of a sleeping pad or something, you know, <laughs> so that it can be a number. And so that people, and once it's a number, people can, no, for sure. can you know, compare again. Right. Cause yeah. that's, that's a big thing. I feel like it's just jockeying though for me. I think it's like there are certain things that I'll bring that I'm like, I am willing to risk having more weight just because I know in the past, like when I haven't taken like knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today taking some thought with like my sleeping bag or my sleeping mat. Um, the experience is like way more miserable, right? So there are, there are certain items that I'm like, I don't mind that this is a little heavier because it's worth it, you know? So I hear you saying there that's, um, it's important because you don't want to like get, yeah, it's like you're willing to sacrifice a little extra weight for, for the comfort for yeah. sure. And then it's also like, like what you're saying, like a matter of cost, like in one of our previous episodes, I just came to the conclusion like, wow, if I want to upgrade my gear, $100 is not going to actually save me a lot of mm-hmm. weight. So there's you got to be creative. And 
I think we're going to actually get to that this next season where we're going to talk about some different kinds of ways to to save weight, you know, kind of like what you're referring to as sneaking stuff into other people's packs. That's that's like next yeah. level, I think. But next level. Next sure. level. Yeah. Sure. But no, that's cool. So, but one of the things in, in regard to the future, like, isn't isn't there some sort of like new uh, synthetic insulation that you got going on? Yeah. Yeah. So we... We're, we're the first company to, to bring this insulation um, into the U.S. and to use this and really into the world. I think there hasn't been anyone that's used Ooh. it in the in the sense that we have. But I came across this little no-name company that that built machinery and they built this machinery that could that could make a loose fill synthetic better than anyone else in the world. And they decided rather than mm. sell this to all the big companies mm. they work with in the past, they're like, man, this is good enough. Let's just make a an insulation company, right? So okay. we met we met with them, and and uh, because we're a you know a smaller and direct to consumer company, we can move really fast, and we can test things faster, and 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 whatnot. And so essentially, we got to bring it to market first, at least in one product, and and that's been really cool. It's something that I'm I'm like super interested in. So ever since I got involved and started Outdoor Vitals, I've been really interested in synthetics and how they can compare to downs. Um, I think there's, you know, there's so much tech going into gear anymore that, that everyone knows that at some point there's going to be some kind of a synthetically made fiber or insulation that can compete or maybe beat down, um, which has been really, really hard. And, and, and you might ask why, well, one, like, I mean, we don't have to harvest it, um, as a byproduct of the meat market, but, but two, um, you know, we can create it, we can keep pushing that envelope and, and make it lighter and lighter and, and keep pushing things like that. So, so Loftec is the absolute best loose fill fiber insulation that I've seen hit the market. Um, I've looked at, I've got samples from all the big name companies and, and different companies around. And as far as it goes from what I've seen, it's, it's just, mm. it's that much farther. And, and so one of the big things that you face when you go to a loose fill synthetic is stability. So to make that quick, uh, distinction. Most synthetics come off of, uh, you know, the machines that make them in sheets. They're these big sheets. And so you typically don't have to, you know, put all the lines in them that you see like in a down jacket or, or a down sleeping bag um, to stabilize the down. And most synthetics come out in sheets, it's bonded, and you don't have to use, you know, any additional sewing to stabilize it. Now, loose fill synthetic means it's loose like down, you know, you can grab clumps of it, it's going to separate and, okay. and blow around. So, I think Derek, you're a, you're a synthetic guy for sleeping bags, right? Uh, primarily, yes. I've kind of leaned more okay. towards that. Yes, um, I've seen. I know there's some people that are just definitely committed to down out there. Like personally, I'm I'm kind of all in on the synthetic just because I've seen it not go well with the down. So um, mm, I know that yeah. you can buy kind of coatings on bags to to keep it waterproof and stuff, but. Right. I'm more of a synthetic guy, so that's my thing. But so I'm gonna. I want to ask then, because I'm personally, I'm like, I'm still pretty, pretty hardcore down guy for my sleeping bag. Okay. I'm more. I really like synthetics for my jackets because I sweat, oh, okay. rain, stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I, I'd love to hear. You said that you've seen down go bad. Uh, you might like. What kind of experience have you had with that? So, yeah, for sure. So, like a long time ago, I used to work at REI and there's a guy that basically was like, anytime somebody was debating between down and synthetic, he, he said, look, if it's going to rain, you know, you've got your, your sleeping bag inside your backpack with a rain cover on. So it's not getting wet there. Then you set up your tent and you get 
you put your rainfly on. So you put the bag from your water, you know, covered backpack into your tent and boom, like, how is it going to get wet? And everybody's like, yeah, that makes sense. My, my bag's never going to get wet. But if your tent is not properly ventilated or just depending upon the moisture in the air, like all the condensation from your breath and just from the night or just from whatever um, climate you're in can actually accumulate on the inside of the tent. And that can actually like make a significant amount of moisture accumulate in your sleeping bag. And so I've seen somebody get up in kind of high mountain areas and quite cold mornings where their bag is, it's not like fully soaked, but it's got a lot of wet spots where it definitely depleted their, whatever their temperature rating was. Mm -hmm. So, so I don't know if that I haven't, I haven't used one with the waterproof coating on that, but I've just seen that happen a number of times or just weird things where it's like, it's like, you know, raining, but then it's windy and like a gust hits and, um, like blows up part of their, their rain cover. And so like part of their backpack is exposed and it's like raining enough where it can actually like partially soak your bag or in an extreme case, like it blows your rain cover off. And if you're hiking alone, you don't know it, you know, by the time you realize it, it's like too late kind of a mm-hmm. thing. So no, it's, I, I, I felt the same way. Like I, I definitely get that. And I think in different parts of the country and different things, um, you know, there's more moisture, there's more water, there's more water crossings, there's, you might be right. pack rafting, you know, all sorts of things. And those definitely expose more liability for, for having a down product. I will say, um, mm-hmm. I like just working with down it's, it is pretty hard to get wetted out. So like I, if the, the best way to describe that is if you're kind of on the fence and you're not knowing which way to go, like if you ever have a down bag and you try to like take it to a bathtub and get it wet, like to wash it, like if you're going to wash in a, a waterproof mm-hmm. coating or, or something like that, it is ridiculously right. hard right. to get that thing wet. You literally have to like compress it, hold it under the water and then uncompress it. So it's so like, it sucks water into it. Um, but interesting. So it is, it is pretty tough. I have seen also though, like, you know, multi-day backpacking trips with multi-days worth of, uh, condensation on your breath and stuff like that start you start to wonder you know ah do i need to pull my bag out during the day and let it get a little sun time some things like that so right so me personally i still kind of go with the down if i'm in a real lightweight type of situation but at the same time um anytime there's there's that added risk then things like this loft tech really look attractive and but in utah i'm at a desert so it's like i don't have as Mm. much water issues i guess (laughs) That's true. That's true. Yeah. Well, I've only been backpacking in Utah once, and that was this past April, and um, it rained. <laughs> when <laughs> it rains, it pours here. Yeah. So, <laughs> for sure. No, they they were like, it hasn't rained in like three months, and I was like, oh, perfect. And then it rained <laughs> pretty hard. Anyway, yeah. It's like before <laughs> the trip this year, it's like, dude, there's not going to be any rain at all. And I'm like checking the weather for like days at a time before. I'm like, yeah, it's going to be great. I'm not going to bring anything. And then. <laughs> <laughs> rain every day it was pretty yeah. awesome so yeah i don't know yeah it didn't rain the last day that just that's just when a forest fire started so a different issue there but <laughs> that's true. and honestly getting back to the getting back to the down thing though i think that like you probably have more up-to-date information on i'm, I'm basing this on like you know like a lifetime of experience right. with various guys going with various gear. And so like they might not have always had the best gear. And so I'm, I'm probably super biased based upon my limited yeah. exposure it, to whatever they had. To be you know, honest. it's an, it, it really comes down to it. It's an opinion. And, and the cool thing is whether you choose down yeah. or synthetic, right. none of them are equal. You know, you can get higher grades of down and you can get much better synthetics, which is something I didn't understand at a, at a younger age either is that, 
man, not all synthetics are equal either. There's much lighter, more compressible, warmer synthetics. So, Oh, for sure. Yeah. Let's keep going. Um, yeah, we got a few questions over here. So I'll, I'll, I'll jump in with this one. Let's say, how do you, how do you balance going ultralight versus being comfortable when you're in the camp? Would you say? Yeah. So for me, you know, I like, I like, you know, you definitely have to pick your battles. And for me, what I really, really hate to skimp on is, is like warmth through the night. Just like, I want to be warm and comfortable at night, get a good night's sleep. So, um, I'm going to pick lightweight items for that, but I'm never going to like, I'm never going to be that guy who's like, all right, it's going to get down to 20 degrees. I'm going to take a 50 degree bag and wear extra clothes or, (laughs) you know, do I need an insulated pad? It's heavier or, you know, there's some things that I just won't skimp on like that, but, um, I'll totally skimp on like, like I don't have camp shoes, you know, like I, I'm just going to loosen up my boots as loose as they go when I get to camp and I'm going to slip them on and I'm going to slip them off and and just let my feet breathe and then when i stand up i'll slip them into the boots again so so something like that i'm gonna i'm gonna cut that out of my my uh my backpack so so you don't mind like i know you said you don't deal with rain and water as much over there but like if it, if your shoes get all wet and you're at camp you know what's that gonna be like yeah i had my my first experience with that like just could not escape the water was was that king's peak hike this year we went right. in like early june it's a thirteen thousand plus feet peak and just didn't do enough planning to realize how much water and runoff there was going to be and so yeah our feet right. were wet from morning till night and uh, that was that was a little bit tough but like one thing that i'll always bring is i'm a big fan of of like certain things in, in wool. And so I'll always bring, you know, wool mm-hmm. socks and, uh, genius. I, I always bring a pair to sleep in. I've got like my sleep socks and then I've got my, my work socks, sleep? right? Look at this guy, sleep socks. You need to <laughs> listen to the podcast. Uh, some of these episodes, all I, I pack extra socks. Like I, I love the socks Yeah, and you'll figure out why <laughs> happy feet, happy hiker. That's my theory. You know, totally. So totally. That's good. All right. Um, let's keep going. Um, what would you say, or what would be like the first piece of gear you'd recommend somebody purchases who's looking to maybe upgrade their overall kind of arsenal of gear, right? right? Do I want the Stormloft zero degree bag? Like, what, I've looked at the site. Like, I've seen what's going on. What do I want? Yeah, so my, my opinion is you start with your heaviest stuff. And for most people, your heaviest stuff is is your sleep system, shelter system, or pack system, right? The big three and for me, though, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the number one reason that I've heard people not like to backpack, not like to go camping, different things. I'll, you know, if I'm at a trade show and I'm talking to people and, you know, you're talking with, with, with them and, and, and like maybe their wife's standing over there like, oh, yeah, I don't do this. And you're like, well, why? Why don't you do this? And it's like, oh, I freeze when I camp. You know, I was so cold one night that I'll never forget it and I'll never go again. Mm. Um, so so mm. typically what I recommend is is your sleep system first it's you know you can buy really cheap and affordable ways to keep water off you whether it's a tarp at walmart or mm-hmm. an ultralight tarp with us or, or something like that but um so so your shelter you can keep water off you decently um your pack system like you know even even some of the cheaper packs can get the job done um but but having mm. that sleeping pad and sleeping bag that's going to work is is well worth it um you know, you, you spend, let's say you spend eight hours in that every night. Um, you know, most people that have good gear, they don't think twice about it. 
because uh, they just go to sleep and they wake up and it's great. But those that don't do that, um, you know, they really suffer. And, and it's one of those things that you are literally in that thing for eight hours. It's worth investing some money into and to get a, a decent pad and, and bag. Yeah. And so for some people, they don't maybe have a pad. Maybe they have like an uninsulated pad. It doesn't matter what sleeping bag you have. If you've got an uninsulated right. pad, you're going to be cold. Um, so start there. Right. And then and then once you have some kind of insulation underneath you, um, yeah, I mean, the bag, the bag is the next thing. Yeah. And I would, you know, and that's so true. I think like how much worse is your trip when you have a really bad night's sleep? Like it's just, it's so much yeah. worse. Everything just seems worse. Hiking, everything. So, um, and, and bags are huge. Like if you, if you buy a cheap bag, like we were going to do this video, we haven't put it out yet. We may or may not put it out on our YouTube channel, but we were going to do a video showing like, okay, if our budget's super cheap and we just go to the local discount store and buy gear compared mm-hmm. to like ultralight gear, what's the difference? And the sleeping bag, even, you know, to, to hit the temperature ratings we wanted, um, it's just massive. It's heavy and it's huge. So you can cut the most right. weight. You can cut the most weight and bulk, you know, with your sleeping bag. True. True. Here we go. So, okay, let's do this. Let's see. And if you want to throw a story in here, you can, um, give us three pieces of wisdom regarding gear and, or your backpacking experiences, backcountry experiences. Okay. So, Three pieces of wisdom. Yeah. So something I res- so I'll, I've got three that I kind of jotted down here. Um, one thing that I resisted, well, two things that I resisted for a long time was one switching to a hammock, or two switching to like a, a floorless shelter, or like where you bring your own floor in that shelter. But uh, both of mm. those, once I made that switch, I uh, I loved both setups a lot more. Just so much lighter, so mm. much. Uh, less complicated as well. But um, like I say, I mean, you got to, you got to pick your spot, you know, with the hammock, obviously there's a learning curve and stuff, but your my best night's sleep that I've ever had has, has been a hammock just hands down, like most comfortable. So, and my hammock really? setups, depending on which one I'm taking, like we've got a mummy pod system uh, for 15 degree system. I'm looking at about four to four and a half pounds. If I go with like a diagonal lay hammock, I'm looking at about five pounds um, both. So I, sometimes I'll go, slightly heavier go with the diagonal a but hammocks are, are really light but super comfortable but it took me a lot of years to get convinced to try it and to, and to do that so that's something you could try or if you're just i don't do hammocks and just go into the floorless shelter um you know you, you can just drop a lot of weight you know floorless tarp or a top quilt type of a setup drop a ton of weight and that's actually my lightest weight system if i run that do a top quilt on the ground in a floorless shelter i'm looking at like three and a half pounds uh, but the second I jump back to a tent, I'm I'm over mm. the weight of the hammock. So that's kind of first thing. It's just like don't be afraid to try oh, yeah. new things. You know, you don't have to have that bathtub floor and and the netting and the the walls. Um, piece number two, wisdom piece number two would be you know don't skimp on things that that your life depends on. So we kind of we kind of talked about that a, a few times. You know, with, with sleeping like bags, pads, yeah. or, one. or one thing I really like to do is I've got like a little first aid kit. Just put it in a little little tiny dry bag. And no matter what I'm taking, whether it's a day pack or a long trip, I'm going to grab that, you know, a little one pound first aid kit. And I'm going to have that in whatever pack. So it's really easy to transfer. Mm-hmm. And, and that's always, I mean, it's just, it could save your life, you know, if you've got it out there. So 
Save your life. Let me let me jump in real real quick because there's a gentleman on our trip also does a podcast with me. I don't want to name names, but what happens was you know he had this idea like I'm going to intentionally bring not enough food (laughs) and plan on mooching off other people. Is that something that you would recommend safety wise or or no? Oh, you have a mutual friend? Is that what I'm hearing? Well, let's, let's, let's get further information. Like you've got to also consider, <laughs> this is where he has to defend himself. I love it. <laughs> I'm not going to defend myself. I, I think, <laughs> I think wisdom looks different depending upon who you're talking fine, to. Uh, you ran out of Baybell cheese. <laughs> and went and rummaged you have to consider like how frequently you go where you end the trip with lots of extra food, either with yourself True. or with your, whoever you're going with. So I, keep that in mind. You know, I'll, I'll just comment on that. <laughs> That's though. a good like, argument. That's probably not something I'll ever do, but. You know, some guys are really resourceful, you know, so he's, he's probably the same guy who's like, dude, I can outrun my buddy. So I'm not bringing bear spray, you know? Um, Hey, real quick on the, on the first aid kit though. Yeah. I'm learning that. I don't, I don't think we have a full pound of first aid going on, but, uh, the older that we get, like the more frequently we use it. So, and, and we use it for unexpected ways, like whether it's fixing footwear, like we did this year with some, you know, safety pins and band-aids and stuff or whatever. But, um, yeah, I think you just, yeah, it's just like you said, it's a, it's, you don't want to skimp on life saving stuff. So that's, I like yeah, that one. I've got, we've got a video just on our YouTube channel that I really pull apart, like my first aid kit. If people need some ideas of if, or maybe putting one together. Yeah. And you know, actually speaking of videos, you mentioned that one mm-hmm. where you are going to, it sounds like you haven't filmed it yet, but you wanted to kind of do a rundown comparison between kind of like the, yeah. what's available at your local store versus like going ultra light. If you, yeah, if you guys get that up, that, that to me, that's really interesting. I, I'd be interested to see kind of how that shakes out. So we, we, we can definitely um, include that link in our podcast description. So if you can throw it our way, that'd be, that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'll let you know for sure. Okay. All right. Do you have one more piece of wisdom for us? Oh yeah. So, so my last thing would be, um, you know, a good trip really relies on like good planning. Um, and one thing that I've really come to love to do is, is generate gear lists. And, and so to, essentially what I'll do is I'll just, I'll create, an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. I'll dump all the gear that I need in there and then I'll do it on like Google Drive or something and I'll just create new spreadsheets. I'll take my last one, I'll copy it, I'll make a new one for this upcoming trip. I'll delete things out, add things in. I can track weights of things in there so I can put in weights and I know kind of what my base weight's coming in at. And it's also a good way for me to be like, okay, do I really need this item? Because a lot of people end up, you know, packing a lot of weight because they think that they need way more stuff than they really need. And so at the right. end of a trip, you can come back to that same list and be like, you know, I never used these six items and they're mm-hmm. not going to save my life. So maybe I can leave them behind on the next trip. So, you know, planning that and doing that is something that we've, that I really think is essential. It makes better trips. That is good. I, I will say Carl, I, I, I give him a lot of, you know, crap, but he does a good job of creating a backpacking gear list every year and tweaking it to you know, meet everybody's needs and stuff. So it's kind of like you guys are, you know, pseudo brothers in a way. I, I appreciate that. Although I, I did get some feedback about the gear list this year. So you did, I had no problem with the gear list. So I just want to give you, <laughs> well, I added a category. I added the category I added this year. I don't know if I shared this was I added like, because there's so many different guys going, I, I divided up who's carrying which group gear yeah, ahead yeah. of time. So that, I thought that was a good idea. We <clears> could, <throat> yeah, I don't think I, I think I, didn't weigh a couple things and assume they were lighter than they were. And so I think it ended up being a little unfair with a couple guys. Nobody's perfect, buddy. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. You know I, mean? I think people get, if you're, if you're carrying more group gear than somebody else, I think that can be a 
point of contention. So, but I want I want to make sure you, you worry that I don't say nice things to you. I just want to say that you do you do a good job with it every year, <laughs> and I'm being deliberate. And uh, it's one of the things I actually look forward to. So I use it every year. It's good. It's a good. All thing. right. Well, th- thank you. I think so, it sounds like we're all in agreement that gear lists are, gear lists are powerful. Are very good for sure. Are good. Yeah, they're very good. And uh, so. I I think those were three very good outdoor vital pieces of sage advice if i may yeah um so thanks I for sharing all that. that i really appreciate it. do we do we want to talk about anything else with Taysom before we let him go or um so yeah i guess real quick yeah is there anything you wanted to share just about outdoor vitals or anything that we you feel like we've missed in our questions that maybe you've you just want to throw out there we can we can definitely put that out there um i mean uh, hopefully hopefully it's sparked some interest for people to come check us out but i mean essentially we're a an ultralight backpacking company that is only online. Um, so we're, we're only going to sell direct, mm-hmm. save just some money there, but allows us also to have more budget um, to, to design, you know, higher end gear, nicer gear. And I started it four years ago with, with very little investment and, and had to, to kind of get it started in certain ways. And, and we did have to hit some price points on a few things, but I think there's some really good gear that, that we sell and offer that, that might be able to save some people money, help them get outdoors. And, and the main goal, you know, is to help them actually enjoy that time outdoors but so so yeah i mean you can check us out there also like i said a few times we've got a youtube channel we've got a new guide for for backpackers that just covers so much of you know how to plan and and run a trip from packing food to to your gear lists and different things but um no i I feel like you guys you guys asked some really good questions and uh you got you got some some stories out of me and uh it was it was a lot of fun Thanks for um, stopping in, and, and this is awesome. Yeah, yeah, man. Giving us the future of outdoor industry, direct to consumer backpacking. That's going to save some some money for us. That's awesome. Amazing. Thanks for your no. time, buddy. No, I really appreciate it, guys. All right, man. So what? Yeah, what did you think of that interview? What, what were some of your takeaways? Uh, I just, you know, it was it was good to learn about just the the details on the differences of of uh, you know between comfort, lightweight lightweight um you know gear and things like that it, just the the loft tech type of gear they use now is is just so much more advanced and becoming even more advanced um in the outdoor gear i was intrigued um for sure because you know we're, you and me are all about lightweight but like quality as well but yeah and we're also so, about the balance like we want to go light where we can but we also want to be comfortable as much as possible yeah, out there right right correct yeah like we're not and, bringing the uh, foam pads because you know that's no that's but, just that's ridiculous. Yeah, I make my kids carry those for me. But yeah, let the kids have the foam mats. Right. I mean, you know, my hips are a little bony. I need a I need some comfort. You know? <laughs> but <laughs> right. But um, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I think I think of? yeah, the ultralight versus the comfort was a good good point. Um, he made a good point about the kind of the ultralight versus the cost. Like mm, I don't know. Yeah. Like there's a couple brands out there that are good quality. But yeah, like they're hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Like they're, the, you know, they're the cost of a car, maybe a used car, not a new right. car. But, you know, like, and it's like, yeah, <laughs> how much like, yeah. Are, you're going to, you, you might save, a, you know, eight ounces a pound maybe. And, and that's significant. Like, don't get me wrong. Right. But if you are, say, a teacher, like, mm. are you going to, you know, is that really worth your investment? Or would you rather put that money towards like going someplace cool with plane tickets or travel expenses, you know? So you got to yeah. kind of balance that. That's true. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it was affordable. A lot of the stuff is affordable for sure. I'm on the website looking again right now. at Some of these uh, 20 degree bags for 150 bucks. You know, I, I think it's, and it, it was great, you know, and I just like that he, 
is so passionate about um, what they're doing, what what they are all about, and the the quality of the products. I think was really inspiring too, because um, I think that's important. You know, because if you can't stand behind what you sell, then it's not going to last very long. You know. Okay, Derek. So now that now that Tayson's not like on the airwaves with us, he's not here. He's not yeah. here anymore. Do you think that he really? like chose not to bring his pad or do you think he just forgot it? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt only because, and, and lucky for him, this happened to us uh, last year where a member of our own team forgot their own sleeping bag. So um, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he just forgot it. Maybe he thought he had it and he didn't, you know, I mean, I know mine's small enough to think, Oh yeah, I put it in my bag and then maybe I didn't. So, so you're easy. You, I'll give him so the benefit you, of the doubt. You're, you're, okay. Yeah, we don't know well enough to, to, I guess, judge that. I just thought... Are you going to you gonna lay the hammer down? I was going to look conspiracy theory there. I'll, I'll admit you it. You call him a liar? <laughs> he's calling you a liar. Tayson, he's calling you a liar. That's how it is. If I'm on a podcast, I'm trying to come off as an authority. I don't think I want to. I don't think I want to forget my sleeping pad. Is all I'm trying to say. <laughs> I mean, he didn't say we're all human. I, oh, for sure. He didn't say that. He said that he did that when he was way younger. So obviously, um, there's more That's true. credibility to that. This is pre pre outdoor vitals. Pre outdoor exactly. Um, but I, I don't know. That's cool. Well, I just like to question well, me, everything. Uh, that's that's just kind of the nature of who you are, though. I mean, <laughs> a lot of questioning, right? Uh, hey, so we got. You ready for trivia? Yeah, so I think... I think you said you wanted this. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> I then. wanted this. Ready. Uh, I think it's your turn. Trick me. Is it your turn? Yeah, I asked, I asked Yosemite trivia last time on the trail, so I'll do it again because I think you're unprepared. So... <laughs> <laughs> okay I'll, I'll double dose for the give next me, two. Give then. me two in a row. Mark my words. Two in a row. I'll t- you do two in a row, I'll do two in a row. Okay, fair enough. And that fair means enough. You're, you're taking the first two for, for a second season, which is coming out next month. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. Well, so he, okay. So Tayson got like pretty like techie gear, techie gear head ish. And he mm-hmm. is clearly more, you know, knowledgeable in that stuff than, than I am or you are or anything. So I am going to just tell, I'm just, you know, I, we kind of talked about sleeping bags and different things or mainly sleeping bags for, for a good chunk of time. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to throw some some gear techiness at you. And this is just, I, I don't have this like written down or anything or typed up off the top of my head. I'm going to list off some fills for sleeping bags. And you tell me if the fill is natural, like goose down, for mm. example, or if it's synthetic mm. or if it's just not a real fill. <laughs> if it's not something that you'd actually fill your bag with like it's not a, it's not like a legit thing so if you say if you say like sand i'd probably say false. right and then i might say well in episode six of bear grills like he used sand as an insulation <laughs> <laughs> sir okay. okay okay um are you ready uh, i guess so okay that's, so that's like like everything that i'm going to suggest is real things but is it really okay. uses a fill for a sleeping bag okay Right. Okay. Okay. So I'll just give you a list and then you just, and then we'll, we'll tally up at the end. All right. First one is, so I already mentioned goose down. What about about duck down? (laughs) 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 Duth down? Duck. Like quack. Oh, duck. It's like duck down. Darth down. Um, duck down. Right. I'm going to, oh God. What is that? It's feathers from ducks. I'm going to say, yeah, no, I got that. I'm going to say no. All right. 
Incorrect. That is actually. You're, is there like a random? It's a newer thing. They're using it more frequently color? now, but yes, they're using duck Come down on, to fill. Duck, I've not heard of that. Okay, well, this is a learning you experience for you. Just googled this. <laughs> I guess it is. I guess it is. All right. Um, Polar Guard 3D. You know what? Let's back up. Let's back up. You've already broken the rules. The rules are: is it natural? Is it? Um, is it synthetic? Or is it not real? So your answer, you said no. I'm guessing that means not real was the last You're, one. You, you can see how confusing this is. It's for not me. confusing. Okay, go ahead. So it's not confusing. You're switching your angle. No, this again. is this is the okay, criteria. So is it is it is it is it natural? Is it is it what natural synthetic or is it not a real insulator? Not a real fill. Yeah, for bag, okay, for some bag. Okay. So next one is Polar Guard 3D. Oh gosh, Polar Guard 3D. Oh man, I wish I could phone a friend on this. I'm gonna say. I want to lean towards not, but okay. I'm going to say synthetic. Synthetic is correct. Yes. I, okay. uh, that was using my cat's meow North Face bag that I had for for years in the early 2000s. But yeah, that's legit. Mm. Okay, next one is going to be, let's go with Qualifil. <laughs> See, when I'm shopping for sleeping bags, I'm like, is it, is it synthetic? Is it goose down? That's it. You, okay, but we're going with all the brands now. Okay, Qualifil. Um, it's not, yeah, it's, it's, it's technically a brand, qual- but it's not qualified? its own brand. Quality, it's not, it's Qualifil sounds legit. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, okay. um, what's the first one? Natural? Or, or, or um, yeah, I'm going to say natural. Natural. What do you think Qualifil is? What natural thing is it? It's quality filled down whatever <laughs> do you think it's down again <laughs> <laughs> it sounds I'll, gi- I'll give you a hint. down down is called down so uh, there's no there's no like fancy qualified there's different though, levels I mean. of down but they still use the word down maybe is that, that isn't that not the okay well it's synthetic you're not maybe, doing very well here maybe synthetic I'm one for one it was used by um rei a while back and it was relatively heavy and so mm-hmm. it was, they kind of had cheaper bags with the qualifill okay so it's not that koala it's not that koala right okay the next oh. one you ready Leaves. <laughs> Lee? Leaves. Lee. <laughs> Why are you having such a hard time here? Maybe it's your microphone. I don't know. Le- okay. Leaves. Okay. Um, yes. <laughs> I'm going to say... Uh, now, this was a suggested insulator by this a... Is, this is real. This is, this is real because I've seen it done. I'm going to say it's real. I don't know where you're getting your, your source, but so, do they sell it in a store like that? I'm going to say no. So natural? I'm going to say natural. natural. <laughs> it's not sold in the store like that, but okay. it's definitely natural. All right. This was suggested by Chris, and I don't think it was ever used inside a sleeping bag as an insulator. <laughs> I've I've done it, not in my sleeping bag, but I have done it before. Okay. So I, I yeah, would say it's natural. I'll give it to you. All right. <laughs> Boom. Two for two. Okay. Um, two for four. I got, la- I got one more. Ready? Pressure's on. Okay. Yep. Tauntaun guts. Wait, what? Tauntaun guts? Tauntaun Tan-tan guts. Yes. Like T O N T O N. Tauntaun guts. T O N T O N guts. I don't know how you spell it. Tauntaun guts. There are fans of a particular movie out there that are frustrated that you don't know what this is. Uh, well, it's. Oh wait, this is uh from Star Wars. Correct. Tauntaun. Okay, I'm there. I'm, I'm with that. Tauntaun. So no, it's fake. Tauntaun. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it was real to them. It was real to Luke Skywalker when he's trying to stay warm. On you know, that's when he uh, slept in the beast or whatever, right? Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. He had his his revenant moment. Now you know Han Solo was like, oh, I thought they smelled bad on the outside. 
Do you think that the Tauntaun was more stinky than our tent with four guys in there? Whew. Uh, hmm. I think that's a, I think that's a pure coin flip. Okay. Pure coin flip. No, something to think about. Yeah. Deep thoughts, deep thoughts. But overall, I think you, I think you failed that but, trivia. I think a resounding fail on that what one. Do you mean? I got three so, out of five. What are you talking about? You got two. We right? got the leaves. We got the uh, <laughs> synthetic uh, polar 3D. And we got the okay. Yeah, three. Yeah, sixty percent. All right. So is that you? You feel like that's a that's an adequate grade for you? <laughs> Majority rule. <laughs> uh, but here's the thing: like, if the Tauntaun died, he's no longer generating heat. So I think you know it's going to become it's going to cool off a little. It's going to become kind of a death trap, right? <laughs> think about it. something to think about when you're out there yeah for sure for sure it still it still has insulation but uh, yeah we, we don't know the the chemical makeup of the internal t- you know i mean you know dicaprio can sleep inside of a horse and the revenant and i'm sure luke can sleep inside of a tauntaun Fair right for one night you know what i mean guys thanks again for joining us season two up on deck for september so keep your uh your device is ready for that. Um, check out our Outdoor Vitals. They are located on on YouTube, OutdoorVitals.com, Instagram. Learn all about their new technology called Loft Tech. Check it out. We'll put it, on our, like. we'll put it in our description of our, we'll put, of our podcast. Yeah, we'll put it on there. That's cool. And um, we will see you guys next time for Season 2, Episode 1. And remember, guys, it is not backpacking unless there's a few blisters along the way. Adios. Oh man, Qualifil. God, what is Carl talking about? Uh, oh, here, hey, look at this. Hmm. Here's a little. Uh, oh, that's interesting. Porcupine. Here's Porcupil. I'm gonna start using Porcupil in my sleeping bag. Actually, I'm gonna put it in his sleeping bag and see how he likes it. Porcupil. It's natural and not heat insulated. So maybe he'll, maybe he'll survive. Maybe he won't. Stay tuned. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. If you haven't already, download the free Waypoint TV app to listen to our podcast and watch the original films from HuntStand Presents anywhere, anytime, and on any device. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern, presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.